escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Another Coastal West African leaders to immediately scale up enforcement of the Accra Security Initiative following the latest announcement by three military leaders in Mali, Burkina Faso and Niger to officially leave the West Africa sub-regional bloc ECOWAS. The three departing countries which are currently facing sanctions for overthrowing democratically elected government say their decision to withdraw from ECOWAS was made in complete sovereignty, alleging that ECOWAS had deviated from the ideals of its founding fathers and pan-Africanism after nearly 50 years of existence. In the last few hours, though, the economic community of West African states ECOWAS has been responding to the move with a rather sober tone indicating that Burkina Faso, Mali and Niger are important to the sub-regional community. Head of Diplomatic and Foreign Affairs Desk at Joy News, Blessed Soga joins me. Blessed, we know that ECOWAS was making headway in getting uh, these countries to return to democratic rule. I mean, this must have come as a blow to them. Indeed, it is a, a big blow to the sub-region, uh, knowing that uh, for uh, the case of Mali, they had announced that the presidential transition would happen just next month, which is a, a few days away, uh, announcing that, of course, elections for uh, the presidential candidates will take place and eventually return the com- country to uh, the path of democracy. But that would uh, be in limbo right now, knowing that uh, the Republic of Mali has officially announced that they will be leaving the sub-region. Uh, additionally as well, just last month there was uh, uh, some headway as well, inroads being made by ECOWAS in the case of Niger, uh, knowing that uh, the president of the Republic of Togo, uh, Foreign Yassine Bey, had equally, Aisha, if you could do recall, announced that he was going to lead the uh, negotiations uh, towards restoring uh, constitutional order in Niger, and that follows a series of back and forth and heightened tension, if you recall, uh, between ECOWAS and Niger at the time. Uh, a meeting was even held in Accra here in the uh, very uh, late parts of uh, 2023, uh, of course, where we saw the military chiefs announcing that they might invade militarily Niger. All of that is being thrown away now, and the fear is that with this heightened tension between Mali, Niger, and Burkina Faso, there might be some tough time ahead for the South. Uh, but in spite of all these developments, I mean, ECOWAS says that these three countries, Niger, Mali, and Burkina Faso, still remain important. Why? Uh, there's a communique coming through from the um, uh, ECOWAS uh, sub-regional body, and it's rather a sober tone, if we should describe it as such, a departure from uh, the threats of sanctions that were handed down these military regimes. Uh, now ECOWAS appears to be toning down and indicating that they regard these three uh, countries for strategic reasons as very important to the sub region, uh, a reason for which ECOWAS says it remains committed to you know, resolving the political crisis across the West Africa sub region. We await further communication from ECOWAS because it says it will uh, further update the public on what the next steps will be and what will happen uh, post the official um, you know, announcement or communication to ECOWAS because the regional body says they are not aware as of now officially these three countries have not no- notified any of their missions have either not reaching to the headquarters of ECOWAS 
So we await a signed the press briefing that we're receiving to see what the official details will be. But what has been the response from these three countries? Are they still bent on exiting? Uh, that's the announcement. In fact, quote, it says, with immediate effect. Mm. That's what these uh, three countries are communicating to the world, adding okay. that they will be leaving um, the Saab regional body ECOWAS based on some inhumane sanctions. You know that uh, because of the political situation, all of these countries are facing sanctions uh, because they overthrew democratically elected governments. Sure. And that's why ECOWAS was reaching out to restore them to the path of democracy so they could lift the su suspension. All of that is not happening now because of this big announcement that they will be leaving the Saab region. But we must point out that for this announcement, it's being treated as something which is unofficial because once you officially write to ECOWAS, you'll be triggering uh, Article 91 uh, of uh, the, uh, the treaty, the revised treaty of ECOWAS, which then uh, stipulates that when you put in that official request to leave ECOWAS, you would have to obey the rules, the regulation that govern the ECOWAS body for at least a period of one year. Mm. That's the transition period for exiting and completely uh, going out of the sub-regional body. So there's a long way to go. And if these three countries, uh, through diplomatic engagements, reverse their decision, mm. then it will no longer be the case that they will be leaving the body. But for now, there are 15 members of the ECOWAS state, uh, three uh, of them who are now announcing to leave uh, under now. suspension. If, they if they are successful at leaving, that will be reducing the number to somewhere 12. And we don't, of course, want to have that in this highly integrated region. Mm. Well, well, we, we live to uh, see how this unfolds. Like you said, we're waiting on ECOWAS for uh, another communique to show us the way forward. Meanwhile, Ghana's ambassador to Burkina Faso, Boniface Gambela, is urging President Ekofordo and other coastal West African leaders to immediately scale up enforcement of the Accra Security Initiative following the exit of the three Sahelians uh, from ECOWAS. Although the Ghanaian diplomat downplays a further breakdown of the diplomatic ties between Ghana and neighboring Burkina Faso, Boniface Gambela says steps must be taken to secure coastal West Africa. I recommend uh, that the initiative put uh, in Ghana by the president of Ghana, Nanado, the Accra initiative, should be reinforced and strengthened. Because since Nanado initiated that initiative, it has helped a lot uh, there are issues we cannot mention anyway, but the alliance between Ghana and the other countries, the coastal countries under the Sahel, uh, under the Accra initiative has opened up very good uh, operational uh, uh, processes for both countries and even for the other uh, coastal countries with Burkina Faso. You know, you know the Accra uh, initiative is the group of countries bordering with Burkina Faso. So when President Nanado decided to get these countries together to mobilize resources to support Burkina Faso and mobilize the security services to exchange experiences and other things, it has so far worked very well because under that, that relationship, Burkina Faso Today, I can say, compared to the past uh, uh, circumstances where they couldn't deal with terrorists, since that initiative came on and the relationship built and the support and experiences exchanged, 
what Burkina Faso is doing now against terrorists is highly remarkable. So what are the security implications of this latest decision for countries like Ghana? Security consultant Kenel Festus Abuaje explains. He spoke on the AM show. There's also this early warning arrangement that I spoke about, where ECOWAS is divided into four zones, monitoring zones. Now, when they exit, they no longer send any reports to um, Abuja. So there's going to be a certain deficit of information about what is going on within the Sahelian region. Even the Accra Initiative, they stand to decide whether they will continue to share whatever information, whatever intelligence they have, or they don't want to share it. After all, they're on the front line. So they have what you can call hot intelligence that we, we, we may not have, you know. The political stability is also another question. Look, for all you know, there are some other countries in the region that are reading the signals from these three countries. And one of them, or some of them that we always talk about, you know, the Togos and the Benins and the Cote d'Ivoire. As for Guinea, he's already a bad boy of France. He's been out long ago. So it has nothing to lose or fear. It is likely, I mean, it's possible that a few other ECOWAS countries may, may follow um, the direction that these three countries, uh, you know, have embarked upon. All said, it doesn't augur well for regional cohesion, regional uh, integration. But if the Sahel goes, then, as people will say, terrorism will be echoing off our northern borders. That's the Guinea coastal states. Well, uh, that is Fessa Sabuaji speaking on the security situation of Ghana with uh, the developing issue of Burkina, Niger, and Mali exiting ECOWAS. Let's get on to other stories. Work in Parliament will not be affected despite significant number of majority members losing their seats. That's according to first Deputy Speaker of uh, Parliament, Joseph Oseuso, after 28 members on the majority side lost their bid contest in the December 2024 elections and they just ended parliamentary primaries of the party. This has led to fears that work in the House, including government business, will be badly influenced. But the Deputy Speaker and Member of Parliament for the Acquire Constituency disagrees. We'll hear from him shortly, but first let's look at the giants that fell in the just-ended NPP parliamentary primaries. There were heavy casualties in the battle for parliamentary seats in the new patriotic party's constituencies. The areas up for contest had incumbent members of parliament facing stiff opposition from other aspirants. In all, 28 incumbent members of parliament lost their seats, bringing to an end their bid to return to parliament next year. Sarah Aja Safo is included in that list of incumbent MPs who lost their seats. Um, basically, I'm excited. The Mukwabanya people have decided it's a massive victory for the MPP. Going forward, I think what we have to do as a party is to unite all of all of them, the three candidates and their followers, and we we'll make sure we break the eight. 
the local people, the constituents themselves are fed up with the Honourable Member of Parliament and that is what has been translated in this, this vote that we're seeing today. For now, Aaron Michael Kwe Jr. has the arduous task of securing the next electoral victory for the new patriotic party. Ashanti region, the stronghold of the party, also witnessed a shake-up. Eugene Entry, outspoken member of parliament for Subin, who called for the removal of Ken Overeta as finance minister, is heading home way earlier than he would have imagined. Tina Na Ayeli Mensa, deputy health minister. Bright Riku Brobe, deputy lands and natural resources minister. Gifty Jum Ampofo, deputy minister for education. Frida Prempe, Minister for Sanitation and Water Resources and Lariba Abudu, Gender and Social Protection Minister, are some of the government appointees who also lost their seats. But some other appointees were spared. That includes Minister for Trade and Industry and MP for Adansia Sokoa, Kabina Tahir Hammond, who was firing on election day. I am the undefeated, undisputed, heavyweight champion of Well, Deputy Speaker of Parliament also also disagrees that the huge losses will affect the work in Parliament. But what do the political watchers make of the outcome of the polls? Here's Asa Sante, he's the uh, senior uh, political science lecturer at the University of Ghana. He spoke on AM Show. The good is that um, there was a lot of preparation uh, that manifested itself in terms of the way the election went. Uh, with a few hiccups, with the exception of a few hiccups, uh, the election went by and like were peaceful and uh, free and fair. And uh, it tells you that the NDP put in their all to get this type of result. The but we also heard of issue of monetization and its effects, uh, which Ghanaian political actors have been hypocritical about. Uh, they are not ready to deal with this. Uh, I don't know how we are going to fix this problem, uh, but I think that uh, what we can do as a society is to make sure that whoever wants to influence us with money, <coughs> we chase those people out by voting against them. Otherwise, a time will come, our needs will be ignored by the very people who want them to lead us, because if we can buy their way into parliament, into a presidency or positions of authority, then I'm afraid uh, your need will not be counted at all in the eyes of those politicians. Uh, the ugly is what we saw, uh, the very ugly spectacle in uh, Yendi, where uh, two uh, candidates uh, declaring themselves as women and all that. It's unfortunate. Uh, I believe that uh, the, the party constitution and other <laughs> mechanisms are in place to fix this problem uh, once and for all. It doesn't good well uh, for uh, a party such as MPP. 
The Ghana Journalists Association is charged, ready to take on anyone who has assaulted or dares to unleash any form of attack on journalists. The stance is by the association and has initiate, it's been initiated with an outright media blackout against Fisheries Minister Mavis Awakumsin, whose thugs are alleged to have assaulted a Cape FM journalist, David Corbiner, ahead of the NPP primaries. David suffered severe injuries to their ribs, back and abdomen, even though he so reeling uh, from the pain the minister has yet is yet to reach out with an apology or take responsibility for the incident instead she is reported to have dared david to provide evidence well the situation has angered the association has outrightly blacklisted her our bedroom for is gga president who signaled our police to miss him in halfway and who sustained him with a picture on the phone. We have the video of this police officer or this reporter, let me put this, but we have a concerned uh officer yet. But we have the video of this reporter police officer following our footage of the official run as the minister of history. So what is this? Mm. We have we have we have two Two close fans, two close friends, who have been with her, as we are told, for over years, over 10 to 20 years, this wedding is there. We have pictures of this wedding. So, when the first people who approached our brother, our family, and then asked him, Are you Jacob? They confronted him and asked, Are you Jacob? Our colleague said, No, I'm not. He said, Are you the one who was on UTV insulting other people? So, so is he saying that he's going to disassociate himself or delete himself from these uh, two women? We have the image. We have a we have a we have a picture of what of one of the stars who actually assaulted our brother. Who assaulted, who hit our brother? We have a picture, we have we have both images. So it will be the fall. We are ready. If if he wants to fight the fiction, the media, nobody, no single individual can fight the media in this country. Not even the top. Not to talk of uh, a cartoon. We are this is this is this is dangerous to court. Then we will miss you. Amidst the unfolding situation, the Media Foundation for West Africa has declared its full support for the Ghana Journalists Association's decision. Executive Secretary Suleiman Abrahma believes the move signifies a united front within the media community against any form of violence or intimidation towards journalists. The GJA is saying that, look, media houses should boycott everything related to her, and, and we have added in our support to the GJA that it shouldn't just be about her, so long as she remains the Minister for Fisheries, the Fisheries Ministry should not also be covered by the media as well. And, and, and I, I, really, I really marvel why but she thinks that about the whole thing about court is said that anything you can just simply say that I'll go to court. Is it the she one that... Court for what? Defamation? How is she defamed? The GJA has not said that she's the one who beat up the journalist. She said they are saying that people affiliated to her. And the people, the people subsequently made comments to suggest that indeed they, 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 they are affiliated with her. And so instead of being sober and, and, and doing what people would say, well, that is what is expected of a leader, she is now threatening 
an absurd court action. Well, we can only wish her well. Um, she should go. We are fully in support of the GJA. And in fact, if, there, if, if she should go ahead with a, um, a court case, as, as General Mosquito once said, um, anyone can go to court. We, we would certainly be on the side of the GJA and will offer whatever support that the GJA is required. If they don't have the capacity to engage a legal person, we would be willing to... to Let's now take you to Yendi, where another journalist is alleging that the MP for the area is, has assaulted him uh, when he approached him for an interview. The MP was seen in a video visibly angry with the police for failing to protect the ballot box. It was at this time that the journalist allegedly approached him for an interview only to cut his anger. My colleague Martina Bugri joins us on the phone. Martina, who is this journalist and which station does he work? Um, the journalist is called Alabila Mohammed. He was for CTSN. So, what, what do you know about this allegation? Um, for him saying the MP slapped him, we were a bit far from where the chaos was, so it would be difficult to tell. But we saw an attack on him. We saw the you know the pulling within that enclave where the police the supporters of the MP and the MP himself were. We saw the tassel there. It was after I had reported that there was an attack on the journalist. He called me from the back he had been whisked into and said he was blocked by the MP. I asked my other colleagues to were able to see that. But they also gave me the same account that because of the location we were, they didn't also see, but there was an attack on him that he also. Not just only him, there was also an attack on a different journalist called Safran Suini. He was also attacked on that day as well. Has the journalist reported this matter to the police and what has become of it? When I spoke to him, he said that he was going to relay everything to his office to take up the case. But uh, the North Region GJA has issued a statement condemning the act, condemning the MP, and they are demanding that he owns up for his responsibility. Atina Buguri with that uh, update from Yendi. Definitely will bring you more on this as and when we get it. In the escort of the NPP party chairman Stephen Intim, Majority Leader Seche Mensa Bonsu, and other government officials, the Ashanti Regional MPP Chairman Bernard Nchubwesiako has appeared before the Kumasi Traditional Council of alleged derogatory remarks made against Asantini during the NPP vetting of parliamentary aspirants. In the meantime, Koko Sohene Nanakwekudria has before the traditional council as a witness to what transpired during the vetting. My colleague Nana Bwachi Adam joins us on the line uh, with more. Nana, what is happening at the Menshia Palace at the moment? Yeah, well, Aisha, you would recall that in the previous meeting of the Kumasi Traditional Council, they did on the Asante Regional NPP Chairman, to appear before the Council over alleged derogatory remarks he made during the NPP session of parliamentary aspirants ahead of their elections last Saturday. Well, in the escort of the NPP National Chairman and Steven A.T., the NPP General Secretary, Justin Pesos, the Authority of the Chairman Sabuntu, and Minister for Citizenship and Religious Affairs, alongside the Asante 
regional minister, Chairman Wutumi, is here with all these government officials uh, to give a side of the story as what transpired during the vetting process. Already, Koko Sohini has delivered his side of the story as a witness what has transpired during the vetting process. He says that during the process, Chairman Wutumi did make some derogatory remarks against the Asante Newton 482. He said those statements, he confronted Chairman Wutumi um, against the one he made such statements. And then Chemamutuni further uh, made such statements without fear, claiming that he has his own kingdom, uh, of which nobody can tell him what to do when he is within it. Well, Chemamutuni has also delivered the side of the story. He said that whatever Koko Sohine Nama Sotuki has said, it's a reflection of what passed during the veteran process. And so he has denied the allegations. Well, we had Justice Sepulchre, the who presented Chemamutuni uh, to the Commander Commissioner Council. He has asked uh, the council listen to both sides of the story and then deliver a non-partisan judgment as to what transpired uh, during the veteran and also as the allegations leveled against very bold home and good today. And so we are waiting for the Kumasi Traditional Council uh, to conclude on the, uh, uh, the, the whole process as to hearing the witnesses and then the accused, the chairman, and later Bante Mahine, who is sitting in for the uh, as leader of the Kumasi Traditional We understand that the Kukusuhine was uh, has been speaking. What did he say to the traditional council? Well, the Kukusuhine did say that Chairman Wunsumi made clearly, emphatically, made some derogatory statement against Yusufo, Mahatihine, Yusufo said to the second. He said that Chairman Wunsumi did claim that he has his own kingdom, which is against uh, the customs of the Asante kingdom. You cannot own a kingdom within the Asante kingdom, and so Adam is following this for us. Definitely, there's more we'll be bringing from the Asante Hines Palace for you in our subsequent bulletins. Let's get to the Nocturne District because, in a devastating turn of events, economic activities in the town of Saikope in that district have grounded to a standstill just four days after the collapse of the Aklakba River Bridge. The incident occurred when a heavy truck carrying loads of salt attempted crossing the bridge, leading to its collapse. The bridge, a vital lifeline for the local community, connects Saikope to neighboring areas. The collapse has left residents, motorists, and travelers stranded. Ivy Setoji has more. This is Saikope uh, in the North Town district, and behind me is the Aklakba River. And five days ago, the bridge collapsed, uh, making activities, especially business activities, uh, come to a standstill. Now, uh, most of the residents, uh, travelers and motorists uh, have to park at the other side, take a boat uh, to wherever they are going. This actually leads 
to drop out from Adidome. What the residents are asking government to do is uh, for an immediate action to be taken uh, as soon as possible to get the bridge fixed. One of the residents we spoke to earlier said that maybe it was a way uh, of a way God is maybe God is just showing the government uh, something or a way uh, to to make the government wake up to do something about the bridge because it has been in a bad shape for some time now. So the residents are asking government to urgently do something about this uh, bridge, fix it immediately. Because as you can see at the back, uh, the, the track is still in the water. Uh, the owners are trying their best to fix it. Uh, residents, travelers, and motorists including Okada riders, have been speaking with Joy News. The government should at least help us as quickly as possible. Because, especially the children, imagine the children crossing it. It's, 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 not, it's not a nice experience at all. I, honestly, I didn't think I would miss this on the way. For um, the fact it's not my first time on the queue, so I wasn't really scared about it. But I don't, the, the bridge there hasn't been negotiated for a long time, so I think this is just since we like action, this is just the best action we can take for prompt um, uh, care to be taken. Naturally, seeing this sort of situation is is a little bit tough for me. And today too is the first time I'm crossing river this kind of river with a canoe, and I think. All these things couldn't have happened. If maybe structural tests should be done, should, should be doing about this thing, I think this shouldn't have happened. And then moreover, too, the government should just speed up and then fix it up so that people can access the road. MP and DCE for the area are calling on government to quickly intervene. I renew my appeal to government and in this specific instance the roads minister that they have to move in quickly and restore this strategic bridge uh, it will have to be reconstructed so that uh, we can have our lives back but this uh, should present the larger picture of all the damage that the VRA induced floods, the spillage from the Akosumbu Akbon dams has caused because you were here you saw the water levels rise and the bridge was submerged, and that is what weakened the bridge. And so it tells you that there's work that has to be done. People think that because the water levels have receded, because we are no longer submerged as a community, it's all over, we can go about our normal business. It is not. A stark reminder that the floodwaters have receded, but the damage that it caused is still present and alive, and we have to pay attention that damage that it left in this week so that we fix uh, the situation and then uh, guarantee the protection of life and property. Uh, I want to advise our youth, especially those uh, uh, who may be ill-advised to go into stealing of boats and now to sell to scrap dealers and other people, they should desist from that. And uh, 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 that is briefly what I want to say because when we get you, which I deal with you uh, seriously, there's something that I've also observed, what I've also observed is that there are people who think that anything that belongs to government, they don't want to take care of it. So the things that should be done 
they, they leave it, uh, 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 they, they, they neglect it to deteriorate. She lost her father in a horrific car accident in 2019. Two years later, her seven-year-old brother was also killed by a speeding vehicle. This is the sad story of 15-year-old Mary Menu. Mary has turned trauma into inspiration, an inspiration that has birthed the development of a device that could help lessen the bloodshed on Ghana's roads. Joy Prime's Lois Shola Deemi has more. This is the Aflaotema Highway. This stretch has claimed many lives, including Mary's father, a sleepy driver who killed him in a terrible head-on collision in 2019. I lost my dad through road accidents. The report that came out was that the driver was dozing off, so the accident happened in such a way that my father came was coming from Togo. Ghana with some friends and then a, a car was coming in front of their car so they were trying to dodge the car but unfortunately it collided then my father passed away sadly. The accident stole the young lady's source of joy and left her with a heavy load of traumatic experiences. When I lost my dad, when I heard the news, I decided to stop schooling because my dad was my favorite person in the world. And then without him, I'm like nothing. So I decided to stop schooling because when I go to school and then I see my friends that bringing them to school, then I start crying or I, de I decide to take my bag and go home. So it hasn't been easy since I lost my dad. It has been three years now, but still, when I see other people with that, I still feel sad. As if that was not enough, Mary's scars were pierced by another tragic accident. Her seven-year-old brother was also killed by a speeding vehicle. But in the darkness emerged a story of resilience and hope. Mary found strength in her grief because of pain so when i saw that i promised my mom that i will not let anyone in my family go through that pain again so i want to be a surgeon to help everyone who wants to be operated to be free from injuries so that we will promote healthy living and families can live together without losing any loved ones through accidents That story there. Let's take a break and return this business. Hello, good afternoon. Welcome to the business segment on the news today with me, Pius Kojo Baka. The Monetary Policy Committee of the Bank of Ghana has reduced its key lending rate to 29% from 30%. The chairman of the committee, Dr. Addison, made the announcement after its 116th meeting. He explained that the decision was taken following a steady decline in inflation from 54% in December 2022 to 23% in December 2023. Shall be bringing you more updates on the marketplace at 1 p.m. when I come your way with more business stories. Executive of Standard Chartered Wealth Management Limited, Dr. Seto Kwashiga, is urging Ghanaians to take advantage of offshore investments and diversify their portfolio. 
according to her, there is the need for people to uh, not only focus on local bonds, but look for other investment opportunities as well. Here's a report. The outlook is a lot better if you, if in, indeed, um, Standard Chartered, we are proud to say that um, the dark days are behind us. We have seen bonds perform well, and I know that when we say bonds, it touches a raw nerve in Ghana at this point, but we do have um, global bonds that have performed significantly well, and we encourage our clients not to look at the past events to determine whether they would stay invested or even attempt to invest. Um, we expect that bonds will do well. We see inflation going down now. Um, it's a good time for people to take advantage of the offshore investments available, offshore bonds, great um, A-rated bonds, corporate bonds, sovereign bonds that clients can invest in. Um, it will amaze you to know that in st- sitting in Ghana, once you walk to Standard Chartered, you can invest in Google, Apple, you can invest in Indivia, in- NVIDIA, the, the best tech stock at this point. It's available in Ghana through Standard Chartered Bank. And so come to us, speak to us, and let's guide you because there are still investment opportunities. That's it for business. I am Pius Kojobakamor at 1 p.m. Crystal clear and thrilling podcast and live shows. Download and listen to us on Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, MyJoy Online, Amazon services like Echo, Amazon Music, and Audible, Stitcher, Adam Online, Overcast, and Pandora. Take note of everything. Sign up for the multimedia digital platforms now to stay updated. The marriage, you get the certificate before you get into the marriage, so you don't know what is ahead of you. What would make your partner walk out of the relationship? Probably when he finds me cheating. Oh, oh, oh. When I get home, I explain it. I want to go into politics. You want to go into politics? Yes, yes. If you love me, love me right.
the sports now on Joy News today with me, Muftaro Nabila Abdullah, the president of the Ghana Olympic Committee. Ben Nunumensa says that Ghana is behind shadow in terms of preparations African Games 2023. The event, which starts on March 8, 2024, would have about 5,000 athletes assembled in Ghana for the competition. And he says that Team Ghana has set up preparations for the competition, but the facilities required to host the Games are behind shadow. Team Ghana was put together uh, maybe about a month ago. Uh, the chef de mission got a full complement of his team about a month ago. And uh, just this morning, uh, he told me some of them, some disciplines have been earmarked to go for camping in Cape Coast. So they're leaving for Cape Coast this morning. I believe boxing, uh, track and badminton, you know, they're all moving to Cape Coast to start their camping. That is okay, that is good. Uh, it would have been better if we had started preparing much, much, much earlier, especially uh, being the host country. And then also if we had given some of our athletes uh, the opportunity to go out there, camp within Africa, and maybe test their strength, or as you guys do in football, play friendly matches with some of the countries that we eventually be coming to compete with. Us. But, I guess uh, because of money, it hasn't been possible uh, to do that, you know. But what is important is that at least we're beginning something, we're starting camping, and I hope that uh, once everybody goes into camp, and then uh, we become a bit more serious, maybe uh, we'll have uh, whatever we miss from not having adequate preparation would have been covered by the preparation that we're doing now. The, the GOC's involvement in, in Team Ghana is as far as you know, putting the team together. We're also trying to source some funding, uh, close to about $50,000, that uh, if it comes in, we can also use that to support uh, Team Ghana's uh, preparation and then even Team Ghana's participation at the Games. I know Anoka wants to give all the other countries $10,000 for their participation. Yeah, but uh, that is as far as the GOC's involvement in the African Games is concerned. If I, if I want to speak as an NOC person, you know, uh, where we are now is where we should have been maybe about a year ago. So that means that we need to run. We need to run whatever, whatever we're doing. There's no time for Matri Makwe. The right people should be put in charge of whatever people who have experienced, people who have seen it, or people who have done it, should be put in charge of things now, 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 now. And let's get this thing down. Because it's really, really way, 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 way behind time. But like I said, you know, it's the, Ghan the typical Ghanaians, when we are pushed to the wall, we're like last minute performance. So I'm hoping that uh, we will be able to pull this through and pull it off very, very well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The performance of Team Ghana uh, will depend on how well uh, we prepare them. For a sport like boxing, I know that we're one of the best in Africa. Track and field was also one of the best in Africa. Uh, of course, weightlifting would also show up. So these are a few disciplines that on any day I can put my bet on them that they will be able to win medals for Ghana. Because it would be very bad that we host this tournament, you know, and then the other people come here and take all the medals away. A member of the Parliamentary Select Committee on Sports, Governor Mensa Oyome, says that the National Sports Authority, the government agency responsible for maintaining facilities in the country, 
is disappointing Ghanaians. Uh, the authority decided to close down the Accra Sports Stadium during the uh, Christmas festivities, but the Accra Sports Stadium and the Cape Coast Sports Stadium currently look like rice farms. He says it's about time that the authority takes responsibility when it comes to maintaining the facilities. They are just ineffective, they are not working, and they are disappointing Ghanaians. You see, the National Sports Authority are there to ensure that all national teams, all national teams, including the Black Stars, all national teams across board, that's so far as sports is concerned, we have national teams across, but so far as football is concerned, Black Stars. National Sports Authority should have people with the capacity to be able to also assist and support decisions into the scouting process. Who goes into what? How do you select people across the country? The processes and so on. You understand? And help in getting people to the... You understand? And then have a certain degree of rapport with the technical handlers of the national teams to the extent that they will be able to suggest the way forward and so on. But the National Sports Authority has gone to sleep. Absolutely. So it's a matter you should take up. Go to them and find out from them whether they are really working. So far as this is concerned, I get in it. So there's the need. Because National Sports Authority should not be sleeping on this because they are supposed to be working with the federations. The federations more or less are quasi-private and quite autonomous in terms of their affiliations with their international body. In this case, FA has its, their FIFA partner body and then uh, other entities and so on and so forth. So they work in that. But when it comes to the national teams, that belongs to you and I. The federations are just catechists. Your money takes care of them. The National Sports Authority, in taking care of, in, in ensuring that your caretakers also perform and deliver, you also have a third eye. That is, people who understand the, the, the terrain. George Sports understands the Ghana Football Association has made contact with German trainer judging Collar as a potential replacement for Chris Hilton, who have details as the Executive Council meets on Tuesday to uh, review the African Cup of Nations and also consider potential names that will be uh, submitted for uh, appointment as head coach of the Black Stars. Do head on to myjoyonline.com for more sports stories. We appreciate your time.